I guess I would coach my 25 year old self on how to, I guess, have that hard conversation. And then it's like doing it is mm-hmm. the other half of it. Like I can read all the books on doing pushups I want, but just I gotta do the freaking pushup. Welcome to The Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life. Welcome back to The Wayfinder Show. This is Adam Lacey partner Luis Hernandez. Louis, how's it going today? Doing good, man. What's what's new for you out in Carol North South Carolina? South Carolina. Yeah, things are good. It was another nice day. Just kind of first day taking over my new business and and uh staying busy with that stuff. But it was a it was a good day. Nice. Is it is it dark out there already? Um not completely, but getting close. Sun's going down. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, we our our sun sun is still shining here, man. If you want to come back to it, it's waiting for you. It's yeah. a it's a beautiful place, but I'm good for now. So, yeah. but what do we got going on today? Well, we uh we got a really exciting guest today that I think a lot of our listeners are going to get a lot from. Uh, a gentleman named Brandon Slade. Brandon has been a longtime uh, friend and coworker, uh, or colleague, I guess, of my wife. Uh, well, my wife has her own business, as you know, in the higher education field. And uh, her and Brandon um, cross paths uh, since they help, you know, shape young minds for the better uh, together. So he has a very specific niche, which we're going to dive deep into. And I think that a lot of us parents and even ourselves can really learn a lot from. So I'm really excited to share his wisdom. So without further ado, Brandon, welcome to the Wayfinder Show. Yeah, no, I, I love what you guys are doing. So thanks, thanks so much for having me, and and honored to be here. Thanks, thanks for thinking of me. Yeah, thank you. So, Brandon, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. What's your origin story? Yeah, so I mean, I I was born in um, Boulder, Colorado. Grew up around here, kind of bounced between Tennessee and here, but but grew up here. And um, you know, what I tell people about origin story is is you know, I was I was diagnosed hyperactive ADHD at a young age. And I, I had the best type of ADHD, right? So I had the ADHD where I was flipping desks and jumping on tables and uh, teams of people were watching me, right? So huh. great, great gift to have because we meet so many people who get older, you know, and 23, 25, and they know something's been up, but they haven't figured out why and they get this, you know, diagnosis, this thing. And um, it kind of rocks them and, and they feel, they, you know, they feel really good, but they struggled for all that time. That was not me. I was I was out of control from day one. Um, <laughs> my brothers and I were out of control as well. So 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 yeah. So had had that ADHD thing, and I um, grew up struggling with school learning, and then was fortunate enough to go out to Ohio, um, school in Ohio on a football scholarship, and just bombed right away. So just just bombed academically. Couldn't handle the academic with the athletic with the social, and. Um, that's what kind of started my path on this ADHD thing. So I was able to get through, get through grad school, um, become a teacher, school psychologist, uh, was a special education teacher. And then that's how I met your wife along the way. I started working with a few kids um, who struggled with this ADHD thing. And here's, here's, here. Wow. So you mentioned your brothers had it too. Did it, 
Is, is that right? Oh yeah, we're all a hot mess. My mom is anxious all the time raising three <laughs> boys, ADHD. We're 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 all a hot mess. I don't know what's what's in our gene pool, but okay. um, but yeah, the, the the challenge is the gift, right? You know, what yeah. creates chaos up front is what's helped us all tremendously later in our life and learn how to discipline that gift. Yeah, totally. So let's yeah. talk a little bit more about that transition. You said you said you completely bombed, you know, when you went to college originally, and then obviously you went on to graduate with master's degrees and stuff like that. Like what? <laughs> what happened in there like what what did you do to get over the hurdles yeah so whenever you give your 60 second origin story you skip over a lot of challenging dark times in there right so uh, right so yeah so so for me it was just diving into how my brain worked different right so there was that piece and having the urgency um if there's any parents or teenagers listening you know we want to blame our parents for everything right and so eventually i was there and i had to do the work so there's a mixture of that and then having mentors and people hold me accountable and people like teaching me how to do school. I remember a buddy saying something like, you should go talk to your professor. And my response was, can you do that? Like, is that a thing? Just like no concept of how to attack school, attack life. And so, um, yeah, you learn these skills along the way. It's a day by day grind and look up 10 years later and you're like, wow, I think I'm finally starting to understand myself. Um, and again, it's a huge gift, the fact that I had those challenges because now I'm able to you know, help others with it. But at the same time, you know, self-assessment that there was an urgency there, which I don't think there would have been for other people. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really interested in this because, as you know, I have a daughter who's been diagnosed with ADHD as well. And and who's uh, phenomenal, by the way, she's such a cool young lady. But yeah, yeah go ahead. thank you. Thank you. I don't, luckily, she doesn't like jump around and all this stuff too much, uh, but she does <laughs> does affect her in other ways. So I, I'm just curious because you mentioned your brothers. Like, does that mean is, is that something that's usually hereditary? Yeah, it, 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 it can be for sure. There's there's okay. a bunch of different things out there, but, you know, we see it a lot hereditary. And to go back what you know, what you're talking about, there's several different types. You know, there's hyperactive, there's inattentive and there's combined. And okay. so. We manifest and we see it in a lot of different ways. Um, there's also, you know, life doesn't break out as evenly as, you know, a diet, you know, a diagnosis, but there's an 80% correlation between ADHD and anxiety as well. Okay. Sometimes we just see the anxiety piece, but that's not really the underlying issue or it's just a piece of it. I see. Wow. So, so, so you're saying with the different types, it could be either like environmental, social, basically, or it could also just be like passed along, right? Like there's no real, depending on the type. Is that yeah, the, yeah, there, there's a hundred, there, there's a bunch of different debates, but, but, you know, it is genetic and, and also there are environmental factors as well, um, depending yeah. on what theory that you subscribe to. And for us, it's not really, it's not where you come from. It's like, okay, you have this brain that works this way. All of our brains work different, whether it's an ADHD or dyslexia or something else. It's how do we set up your life to maximize your learning retention and help you, you know, reach your potential. So it's less about the challenge and more about how, how what are we going to do here um, to go where you want to go. So how do you determine that? How do you like? Let's say I have a son with ADHD. We we come to you. What what do we do first? Yeah. So from a parent perspective, of course, depending on the age, step one is acceptance. Um, you know, we compare ourselves to other people so much. And so when you have a child who thinks differently, works differently, there's a lot of acceptance stuff here. So that's step one. 
When they're older, one of the things that works really well is asking a ton of questions. So like how they acquire information. So like if your kid stumbles across like a B on a Spanish test, right? It's like, where did you study? Was it loud or was it quiet? Mm. Um, was, you know, would, how many days in advance did you start studying? Were you moving or were you sitting still? Did you study with a group or by yourself? And so what happens is there's no one intervention that works for everybody, but we start to see patterns along the way. And then we can adjust the study schedule, the learning style and things um, based on that. So an example is, is I'm a terrible reader, terrible. Uh, my attention's too poor. But I was able to get graduate degrees because I figured out that if I walk my tail off up and down the block through Audible, stop every five minutes and jot down a few notes, my retention is really high. Huh. There's not a good way or a bad way to acquire this information. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I stopped comparing myself to others and figured out how my brain worked best, I was able to do very well with it. I wish that would happen before 32, but it is what it is. You know, I'm wondering, you describe your ADHD, and I know my daughters, and I know others, and I, I mean, I suspect if I would have grown up, if I were grown up now, I probably would have been diagnosed with it, I always say, and I, and I know I'm not the first one to say that. A lot of us feel that we are, but how would you define it, really? I, I mean, how, how could you tell? Like, what, what is, since we see it, it manifests itself in so many different ways, right? Like, you, you seem like you had a pretty obvious form of it but not everybody does, right? Yeah, so when we look at it, um, there's a bunch of different criteria just off the top of my head. I'm sure I'll miss one or two. But we look at impulsivity, thinking without asking. We obviously look at the attention piece. Um, we look at the organization and not just like physical organization, like how your room looks, what your car looks like, how your locker looks like. Obviously, that's a piece of it, but also how you organize your thoughts as well. A lot of times when you talk to someone with ADHD, like they'll kind of be all over the place, which... I'm sure I'll, I'll do on this podcast. I've worked hard not to be, but I'll try. Okay. Um, which is also why, you know, when we give instruction to kids. We always want to give instruction through writing, but sometimes it's just the organization of thoughts or the oh. organization of how you organize your presentation, which is unbelievable. But um, so it's organization, it's attention, it's impulsivity. Um, you know, we're also looking at things like working memory, processing speed, a lot of the more, um, you know, stuff that you would need a more detailed assessment to do. But those are kind of the big ones. And there's a lot of like simple assessment questionnaires you can just ask your doctor or um, you know whoever your, your child sees. Just there's some basic screeners you can do that are like 20, 25 questions just to get a start if if you suspect anything. Based on that, there's I know that there's different ways of dealing with it. You said part of it is assessing and asking questions, and I'm assuming that so you can get to the root cause, right? So you can that that kind of triggers some of that, I I assume, and and then you can figure out how to handle it. Is that yeah, well, and, and and we're we're big on stuff that if you look at all the research, what's I speak about it through executive function deficits. So your executive function, it's in the frontal lobe of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, and it's in charge of planning, organization, getting started, following through, self-regulation. That's what people who struggle with ADHD really struggle with, is what's called your executive functioning. It's basically getting goals completed, getting things done. So your goal could be something big, like making the varsity soccer teams. It's like all the steps along the way, becoming star of the, you know, star of the musical. Or it could be something small, just like getting out the door on time in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's what your executive function is. So that's yeah. the part of the brain that we really want to work with. Um, going back to what's best practice, if you look at what impacts it the most, people jump right to medication or organization apps or things like that. 
Yeah. What really works the best, and a lot of this research comes from Harvard or the book Spark, it's like 15 minutes of exercise is working better now than in clinical studies than Adderall for attention, learning, memory, and retention. Um, again, best practice for everybody, essential if you're neurodiverse. Things like planning out your week, having accountability, having clear routines, sleep, so much bang for your buck on these executive function skills um, versus um, moving up the pyramid, we say, right to organization apps and things like that. Are there just certain types of exercises that are better than others? Like, should it be a more cardio-based one or weight? I mean, it, what's good? Yeah, so 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 the research says is 15 minutes of getting your heart rate up above 75%. Wow. Um, that's not enough for me. I know I have to move a lot. But for a lot of our kids, it's just getting your heart rate up. And then a lot of times, you know, if, if we're struggling with a homework routine, get your heart rate up and then start your your um, your homework right after it really activates and gets dopamine to the part of the brain we're looking for to maximize attention. So there's those pieces as well. We also struggle with sleep. Sleep is one-to-one tied with like these executive function deficits. A lot of people don't know if they have ADHD or they're so sleep deprived. Like that's a common thing that we hear in the research all the time. So we have a hard time because our brains move so fast. We have a hard time winding down. And so we have to have a sleep routine. It's like, okay, 30 minutes before bed, I take my shower and then I do this and then I'm ready you know, prime the brain over time. Like, okay, it's time to start calming down. So um, a lot of routines and people always say, doesn't that make your life boring? And the opposite occurs. Like you mm-hmm. have with that, to quote Jocko and a lot of the Navy SEALs, it's that discipline equals freedom mentality. Mm-hmm. A lot of these disciplines we put up in place, um, they, they open up a lot of freedom in your life. That's great. So do you help kids kind of develop these different disciplines and, and routines to themselves? Yeah. Yes, because we care about them, right? If I'm working with a college student, I know 30 minutes, getting that kid into an optional office hours with their professor, or their TA, that's 30 minutes there. By the time they figure out what to study, initiate the task and maintain attention, that 30 minutes will save them an hour and a half to two hours on the back end. Wow. That's what we're going for here not going for bombing Red Bulls the night before a midterm. We're trying to get them freedom on their college campus to, to enjoy it, right? And so yeah. we always look for kind of what's an ongoing fire in their life. It's getting out the door on time late in the morning, which it is for me. It's like laying out your clothes the night before. But what do we do here to open up some freedom in your life? Do one routine, do, do one routine at a time until it becomes a habit. Two pats on the back, one kick in the tail, love them like crazy and then have that accountability. And um, then we'll take the next step. Great. And I think it's my fault here. We probably skipped ahead a little bit. Can you go back and kind of explain what it is you do now, what, what your business is and, and oh, yeah. what, pro- what your scope of services? Yeah. 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 So when I was teaching special education, this is about five-ish years ago. When I was teaching special education, I thought I'd have this fun little side project where um I was always frustrated that growing up, you either go to talk therapy which I highly recommend therapy, could not recommend it more, but it just doesn't work on the skills that we're working on right now, right? These executive function skills and completing tasks and being productive. But growing up, you either go to therapy or you just get put on medication and medication is very helpful, but it's just a tool. You know, you have to organize your whole life around this thing to really be successful with it. So I had this little idea that where I'd go to Home Depot, get a fake piece of turf and throw the football with a few hyperactive kids while learning Spanish um, mm. in Colorado. Um, and then it just blew up <laughs> and we, huh. we had no idea how many kids needed this help. And so we're at about 200 kids in our little neighborhood. We're working with about hundred college kids across the country. 
And then we work, universities started calling us in to help professors like organize their courses. Um, so like D University of Denver, Carl School of Mines, CU Boulder, all these places called us in to like really work with the staff and work with the kids. And then organizations started calling us in as well, like women in places like that to help them um, just basically with these skills because people are seeing the need. So it's been a pretty intense five years, but um, hopefully we're helping. And do you have kids yourself? I have a, a five-year-old, yeah. Yeah, she's she's awesome. She's the best. Um, she may have the gift, the gift of ADHD, to be determined. <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, I mean, we do a lot of stuff around the house, too. It's like when she watches TV, we have one of those little mini trampolines with the handle. She'll, she'll hop on the trampoline and, yeah. and watch TV. And, and, and that's how, that's just how we do things. It's not good or bad. It is what it is in our household. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. It's great. I know, you know, I don't know if it's the same thing, but I know for me, you know, you mentioned a lot of things that have helped me over the years as well. I mean, for one, exercising early and often always sets me up for success in the day and helps my focus. And, and, but also I was having a lot of trouble sleeping and and I kind of just trying different things ended up implementing a pretty standard um nighttime routine where i you know stretch read blah 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 you know and then go to bed and and i've been sleeping great ever since so i can i can speak to how that can work that's that's great that you're teaching kids this early you know i had to wait till i was almost 40 till i figured that out (laughs) well and and that's the goal here right so 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 the goal is is so traditionally we see like it's something it's the data is different everywhere but it's like between 50 to 80 percent of our ceos and entrepreneurs have this thing their brain works different right? Mm-hmm. Looking at problems differently can be an unbelievable asset. So you have these people who are unbelievably successful with this thing, right? But then we also estimate 50% of our jail population has this ADHD impulsivity thing as well. Very few are diagnosed, but that's that's just the estimate. And so we're kind of boom or bust right now. And so what we're, you know, the passion of mine is like, how do we help these kids to either fast forward the process or save the ones that, um, save is too strong a word, but it helped the ones out so they, they don't go down that path. Mm-hmm. Um, before you kind of just had to have a chip on your shoulder and you had to be somewhat self-aware to be like, hey, like I'm tired of not sleeping. But the goal is to speed that up a little bit. Hmm. How, how, uh, how, are you, how are you reaching people now? Like, I know you, you have your business, you're well known where you are in, in the local community and all that, but or you seem really passionate about this and you want to, it sounds like you would really want to scale it to everybody who could benefit from it. Like, so. Yeah, that's, that's the next step, right? You're talking to a special education teacher who's never taken a business class in their life. So I'm learning business and marketing and everything as we go and all this stuff. So in our community, you know, if you get diagnosed with ADHD, whether it's through a neuropsych or a children's hospital, like, like we're kind of the people in our little Boulder County community, we're starting to get kind of get the word out there nationwide and the goal is, yeah, to help as many kids as possible. We've worked yeah. really hard and um, we've worked really hard on our curriculums and working with kids. And um, we think we have something that may be helpful. And yeah, the passion's there. I call it selfish entrepreneurship. Um, I wanted something that that I had that, that drives me. You, you mentioned drugs a little bit or meds, right? <laughs> how how helpful are they? Like, I, you know, we've always had mixed feelings about those things, right? And I like, can you talk to us a little bit about how you feel about them and, and, and how good they are? Are they, are they necessary? Um, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I always have to give a disclaimer. I'm not a psychiatrist. I do work with lots of psychiatrists, but mm-hmm. I'm not a psychiatrist. So I can only speak sure. to my personal experience and the, the kids we've worked with. Right. 
Yeah. It is such a polarizing subject. Right. There's data everywhere on every side of it, right? right? I can speak personally in my life. I've been on it certain times and not on it certain times. Whether you're on it or not, that doesn't mean that you have the skills to organize your Google calendar. That doesn't mean you have the skills to have the habits and routines that you need to be successful. It can be a tool that can be very helpful and get you from like, for me, I call it, I get it from like, gets you from like 80% to like 90% of like productivity or like capacity. So it's a tool, but it's still not going to have as much bang for your buck as a lot of the routines and habits we're talking about. And like, I know we role play a lot, like how to talk to your professor or how to do these things in your life. And medication is not going to do that just because you can maybe focus for intensely for the first time in your life. There's still tons of gaps and you still have to do the work. And so it's not this magic pill. A lot of people think it is. Mm -hmm. Um, We always give the, we always compare it to like, if for some reason, like, if I say to you, like, okay, you're going to give you this antidepressant and your relationship with your mom's going to be fixed. I'm not saying you have mom issues, but your relationship and people are like, that's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. For some reason, we have that mentality with ADHD. It's like, you're going to take this pill and everything's going to be fixed. So you still have to put in all this work, whether medicated or not, but medication can be a great tool for some people. Hmm. Interesting. So that's, You can't that's shortcut it. the work. I, I, I wish you could, but you can't shortcut the work. Yeah. Like anything else in life, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. So now we've been talking a lot about ADHD, obviously, um, but you also work with kids with dyslexia and, and some other functions. Is Are you using the same routines for someone with dyslexia as you do with ADHD or is it completely separate? Great question. So our program is individualized for each kid. However, our specialty, and we do speak to ADHD because that's kind of like the home run executive function challenge, but our, our specialty is executive functioning. So we see the populations that show with executive functioning are ADHD, dyslexia. Everyone knows the phonetic side of dyslexia. People don't realize that there's a ton of disorganization in the brain. Pretty you need executive function help. We're looking at autism, what we call twice exceptional kids. We've seen just skyrocket. It's kids who are brilliant, like gifted IQ and have some type of struggle or they've never had to study or they've never had to work hard and then they get to college and she's like, Bam. Like you're not the smartest. Everyone's smart, right? And so now you have to develop these studying routines and things like that. We look at that population, and then we look at the mental health challenges, um, anxiety, and um, depression. This is part of the area of the brain that just turns off. Um, you know, when you struggle with mental health, also TBI, so if you get a concussion as well. This is the part of the brain that really turns off. That we, we need to hone in on these skills, even if it's for a short term. Sorry, you said TBI or what did, what did you say? Yeah, traumatic brain injury. But oh, usually we, we see a lot of us are former athletes, including myself. Um, it's actually surprised me how little we designed it for like hyperactive ADHD and how like we're only at like 25% of our practices in hyperactive ADHD. But um, yeah, so like if an athlete gets a concussion and they need to work themselves back in school over time due to missing assignments, like things become overwhelming and then this is a part of the brain that's impacted. So if we give them some instruction, help them plan out the path back and then hold them accountable way. Break this down into small manageable tasks, which is what we do for all, all of our kids. Tons of love and then accountability. Um, you can see them work themselves back more efficiently and they gain great skills. Hmm. That sounds great, man. You're great, doing man. great work. And how, how long have you been doing this work now? Uh, so so we, we've had the practice for like five-ish years. Um, okay. 
But I mean, when I was a special education teacher, my mom works with the foster care system in Boulder County. So we've I've done this growing up with them and I've had ADHD for 38 years. So it's been a constant, yeah. it's constant battle, man. So uh, every time I think I haven't figured out, I realized that there's still tons of work to do. So um, yeah, yeah, that's, I've done it for a long time in a lot of different ways. Wow. Do you have any, um, uh, you know, I, I remember reading to my daughter a lot about when she was diagnosed, she, she's got dyslexia too, as you know, we, we would read to her a lot about people who are very successful. Um, some of the icons in our society, right. That have ADHD or dyslexia. And um, we've all heard of them, right. Like Oprah, Steve Jobs. I mean, all, all, all Elon Musk. I mean, uh, really amazing people. Abraham Lincoln, I think. And I, I remember reading her these stories. And and you mentioned how some of them are really gifted. Do you find a way like to identify who some of them are and try to like do you have any success stories like that, maybe where you you, you found some of these people who are just so yeah. gifted and then you're able to use it as a gift to really supersede in society? To be honest, nearly all of our kids are like that, right? And okay. so yeah. And this isn't like like a my opinion thing. Like if you look at the World Jobs report that came out in 2020, so what employers are looking for? Yeah, you rewind that back to like 1960, 1970. Employers were looking for people who could do repeatable tasks at a high level, right? Meaning just like repeat the same thing over and over and do it well. Anything that can be automated, we're already seeing that with all say AI stuff coming out. Anything that can't be automated will be automated by 2025. By 2025, what employers are looking for, the most sought after skills is people who can look at problems differently, people who can be creative, people who can solve really hard things. Yeah. What does that work really well for? It works for the neurodiverse brain. Looking at a kid with dyslexia, Mm. the brain just straight up sees the world different. There's a lot of different pieces we could talk about with that. But Man, if they can discipline their gift, you still got to get your meetings on time. So there's there's no excuses here, right? Of course. Um, you still have to have your routine set up, and you still have to conform to certain things. The IRS doesn't care if you turn your taxes in six months late if you have an accommodation for extra time. We still got to take care of business, right? Yeah. We got to implement things in our life. But the fact to see problems differently has the ability just to be an unbelievable gift if you can discipline that gift. Um, so no, we we see this all the time. And I know mm-hmm. my youngest brother, Tyler, he, um, he, he works in our practice as well. And he reads, I, I'm not saying anything he wouldn't be, um, I would, he wouldn't let me say, or let me say, but like, like wouldn't be embarrassed of, but he reads at like a third grade level and he just crushes it working with some of the highest level students. He has his emails read to allow to, and he has all these systems in place and he just sees things so cool and so differently. Mm-hmm. Um, he ran like the Boulder County Dyslexia Symposium. And just 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 crushes it, but it was a path, and, and he had to learn that stuff, and he had to learn. There's no right way to learn, most no wrong way to learn. Acquire yeah. information, how you acquire information, and you set up systems in your life to support that. Yeah, I see that with again with our daughter. Like, we'll we'll just just common like family things we do, right? Like like we'll go to an escape room or play some some puzzle game or something like that. And she's always the one to figure it all out, you know, and she's the youngest one. <laughs> and it's, it's always been that way for, for a long time. It's just, she just looks at things. We're all looking at the same thing over and over and we're just like getting depressed. And then she just sees something different. And it's just, there's the, it's yeah, there's a lot, oh, I'm sorry, Rob, there, there's a lot coming out about how there's, there, there's even videos on YouTube about how the dyslexic brain sees things versus the normal brain. And you can see yeah. the areas of the brain that light up when certain challenges are rising. They, it's yeah. almost like a zoomed out view of it. Um, yeah. And then the other thing, too, that we see all the time, and I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of very successful people with this ADHD, this dyslexia, this challenge, and they always speak to two things. 
They want, they always speak to how street smart they got. Mm. If you can get through K through 12 school and get out of reading aloud to the class every single time, you get real street smart real quick. And that helps you tremendously when you get older. And then they, we have the ability to deal with chaos. Our whole life has been chaos for a long time. So when you're running a business and you got 15 people yelling at you and there's all these problems everywhere, like my life's been chaos this whole time. Like this, this is just a normal day, right? So, yeah. so you have the ability to be comfortable in that chaos, which a lot of people speak to. Now, do you think all people with ADHD, if, if going through the right practice can calm down and can take advantage of the gifts and, and, and handle the chaos or is it, is it kind of some do some don't? I do. That'd be very controversial, but I do. And the reason I do is because I want to, and that's what drives me. Okay. Right? I like it. I agree. I, I agree with <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. I just want to, I'm not an expert at all. So I wanted to get your opinion <laughs> yeah, yeah. on that. And there are so many factors, right? There's, there's, there's so many factors that try to tie into this. You know, when you talk about different upbringings and family history and trauma and this and that, like there's so much that ties into this, but for me to be the best practitioner I can, I have to attack it. Like, yes, we can find a way. And I truly believe that. Man, this is this is great work that you're doing. Um, thank you for sharing this knowledge, too. I know it's, it's impacted my life uh, with our daughter and probably with me. But um, well, no, I, mean, I mean, no, it's. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very fortunate. We have tons of amazing mentors in our place. We have tons of amazing staff who. Um, just straight up get after it. So I'm super fortunate as well to have a team yeah. of people around me like that. Um, and this is like next level. Like step one, the most bang for buck. We talk about planning. We talk about routine. It's kind of like what I spoke to before. Mm-hmm. Step two is organizing your life in some capacity. Who, who almost fill in your weaknesses, right? If we just hired 100% ADHD people, we'd never get anything done, right? We would just be chasing our tail. <laughs> You have to have like people in your life who are like the opposite, right? You, yeah, I'm the hunter and we have to have farmers, people who are very good at this organization piece. And if I had this grandiose idea where we're going to change the world, they're like, you understand like the 10, 15,000 steps it's going to take to get there. And you don't have time for that. Like you have to like figure out a way to build out a life and, yeah. or, and, and surround yourself with people to, to, to help fill in those gaps. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, um, in business, we talk a lot about having a visionary and an integrator, and that's what came to mind when you were talking about that. The visionary is the one who has the, the vision of what, you know, a, a, a big business or big something they want to build and help the world and do better things like what you're describing. Uh, and the integrator is the one who can organize it and actually execute everything to make it happen. And it kind of sounds like what you're describing, having to, having it's almost like people with ADHD have an, are natural visionaries. Right. And you need the integrator in your life to really execute on some of that. Right. Would you? Absolutely. And, and there's no good or bad. The world needs both. Right? We need them both. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, w- one of the theories of ADHD is the hunter farmer theory. So okay. just to sum it up super quickly, um, farmers are people who are happy, you know, digging a hole in the ground, putting a seed in, same thing, perfect rows for years. Yeah. Right. And watering it and, those, those are the people who are very good with school. They also have um, different time horizons. Like they can plant a seed and be patient to watch it grow. Yeah. Those are farmers. People like me are hunters, right? Like we go out, we have the gift of distractibility. If I'm hunting and a, and a branch breaks in the background, well, that's a great clue for me to have. It's a terrible thing to have in school. 
Yeah. But um, we, you know, I hyper focus on it, which you hear about all the time with the gift of ADHD, getting in something, getting in deep on something, losing track of time, but, you know, being creative, always moving. So there's this hunter farmer theory out there that I actually think there, there's a lot of truth to, and the mm. world needs both. Yeah. I do not want my account being, a, being a hunter, right? Like I would be audited all the time. Like, like we, I need my account to be a farmer, right? But totally. we need people to push the world forward who are hunters. So there's no good or bad school is just set up for the farmer. Uh, Brandon, at this point, you know, I'd like to maybe transition over to our famous uh, Wayfinder 4. So uh, famous. Yeah. What's that world <laughs> famous? Wayfinder 4. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so so Brandon, what is a, a hack that you recommend or use? So I'm, I'm, I'm like the anti-hack person. Like, like, like I don't believe, I don't believe, I, I, I believe in like doing the work. But if I'm looking at it, a hack through like a routine, we always look for is the lead domino and it's called keystone habits and something like atomic habits. What's the yeah. one thing that you can do in your life to make five, 10 other things easier. Mm. So the, so the easy, easy example is something like exercising. If you exercise, your learning becomes more efficient. You feel better. Your anxiety goes down. You don't feel like eating like junk. Like you did one thing to make five, 10, 15 other things easier. I'm always asking for, or I'm always doing some reflection in my life. Like what is my lead domino or what's my hack? Um, laying out my clothes before bed, protein shake in the fridge, um, shoes, clothes, you know, shoes next to the door, like everything where I can get up and get out the door in five minutes, no matter how poor my attention is, that is like my hack because I start the day off with low anxiety without running behind and blaming everybody else because I can't find my keys. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. So now, so I, can... I, yeah, I, I would I would say like prepping, prepping to launch the night before is 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 how I view my hack. That's that's that's, that's solved a lot of issues in my life. That's yeah. that's one for me. Yeah, yeah, it's a great one. Um, now name a favorite, and this favorite can be a book or a movie or a podcast or or just anything you like. There's so many. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, when I was president, man, there's a million. I'm a I'm a avid reader, and when I say reader, I'm an avid walking around the block listening to things. Yeah. Um, yeah. The na- neighborhood watch has me tagged. I think I'm doing something all the time, <laughs> just trying to acquire information. But um, but uh, w- one thing that I've really tried to work hard to design my life around is Deep Work by Cal Newport. Oh yeah. The world gets so busy and you get so distracted, and then if you have an ADHD on top of that man, you're in trouble. So trying to um, set up your life in a way and organize your life in a way, it's actually really rewarding too. I'm not good at it right now, which is why I just picked it up again because I need to get back to some of those great habits. He's big on writing. I, I, I believe I've read that book as well. And and, and he wrote another, uh, a few books around just as you keep going, saying about doing the work, right? And, and, uh, and doing it really well, right? Like- yeah, and just 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 how to turn stuff off. Yeah, you can get in deep and stay in deep for a little bit, and how to organize your life. I think it's a great thing. A lot of my favorite books about attention, ADHD, and executive function challenges have nothing to do with them. Deep mm-hmm. work is one of them. Um, a lot of sleep books out there, Atomic Habits, Tiny mm-hmm. Habits. There's a lot of these books where we tie them all together. Like, oh, okay, like I get it. I know how I can be productive and fulfilled at a career level. Yeah. So, Brandon, what's something you would tell your 25-year-old self? 
I don't feel like I know anything right now. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm like this like wise person to like talk to my 25 year old self, maybe in like 10 more years. But I've always been really, I've never had the hard conversation. And I don't think I ever knew how to have the hard conversation. And so I would start coaching myself. That's something I've just had to develop, you know, working with a lot of people struggling running a business is learn how to have that hard conversation and learning how to just do it, not ruling it on it. So I, I would tell myself to um, attack the hard conversation as quick as possible. Yeah. And by yeah, that, that is you a great just, answer. It is. Uh, you do you mean like just anything in general that might be confrontational or so we mean by that? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so take a step back and you may know this with your daughter, but we're always telling kids you got to advocate for yourself, you got to advocate for yourself, right? And they never do it, and we get frustrated with them. And half the time, it's like they don't know what they're even advocating for, they don't know what to say, and we can role play through that, and it's very helpful. Or there's some intimidation or something else, right? But I would say in my life, I always avoided that hard conversation from college like not even telling anybody i was struggling or trying to figure this out until it was too late and then just just in my personal life as well so i guess i would coach my 25 year old self on how to i guess have that hard conversation and then it's like doing it is mm -hmm. the other half of it like i can read all the books on doing push-ups i want but just i got to do the freaking push-up um sure so so i i would say i'd coach myself on that and then i would just constantly remind myself you got to have it because i would say Many issues in my life have been um, a result of not having that hard conversation with myself or someone else. Gotcha. Hmm. Well, for someone who didn't think they had a wise answer, I think that was a pretty good one. So <laughs> give yourself some credit <laughs> when, there. When people talk about the program, they're like, wow, you know, there's a, this is this is something. And I'm like, you know, there's a lot of hard life lessons in here. Right. Um, there's a lot of struggles and a lot of failures. and. Um, sure there'll be many more there, there, there's a lot of that time to be sure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what do you think holds people back from being happy so i saw this one and this is top of mind right now just based on i guess what my day looked like today so i'd love to attack this from a parent perspective first if you're listening to this it's the end of april right now and it's college admission season which i know you guys know very well right and everyone's posting about their kid getting into this fancy school, that fancy school, whatever, right? The kids, uh, the parents of neurodiverse kids, they think they're alone. And so what keeps them from being happy is that comparison thing. So I think it's, I, I think it's comparison. Um, and, and that's been my conversation today. And I'm always like, you know, like, let's look at this 10 years from now. If we can get your kid the skills they need. These are the people who launch businesses and rockets and all, all this other stuff, right? I don't care. I don't care what, what fancy school they go to. These are the kids who are world changers. And then I would tie that into the exact same thing I talked about before. It's comparison of how you of how you there's no good way or bad way to learn. Um, it is what it is. Right. How about a fifth wayfinder question, bonus question? What position did you play in college? <laughs> I was not. I, I was a corner, but I was one of those people who worked my face off just to see the field on special teams. Okay, um, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah no, no. I, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I, I, I was very, very lucky the fact that I had to work so hard to, to get anything there. But, you know, you, you leave little Louisville, Colorado, and you go play college football. Um, 
I always say seniors in high school are like the worst people on the planet because you're used to being the best in your school, right? And you think they're going to name right. the college after and this and that. And then you get there and you get humbled real quick. Right. And I got smacked. And I'm so grateful for that experience. Um, and it's a different generation now, but I was lucky enough where my parents didn't dive in and try to save me. Hmm. I had to learn the hard lesson. Yeah. So well, it served you well. Sorry, Lou, go ahead. I hope so, man. I hope so. You never know. You never know. I hope so. We'll see. Yeah, we need more of that now, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, if people want to know a little bit more about you or your business, uh, how how could they go about reaching out to you? Yeah, the best way is just going to our website, untappedlearning.com. There's a bunch of resources on there. Um, if, if you're looking for getting your child some help, we'd love to help. But if not, there's a bunch of free resources on there as well. That's so awesome. yeah, that's that's the best way to reach me. I'm not on any social media. I don't do anything. I guess I have a LinkedIn, but besides that, um, yeah, I keep my life pretty quiet so I can focus. Yeah. You know, is there anything we didn't ask you that you you'd like to talk about? Yeah. You guys are great. Now, now okay. it's uh, we'll go, I'm sure we go on for many hours, but but no, I think I love what you guys are up to. And one of the things I like about shows like this is you can start to see commonalities of people, mm-hmm. right? So like going back to that question thing, like. People are listening to your show and five, five people say the same thing about a routine in X place. Like that's probably not a bad place to look in your, in setting up your own life. I'm not saying it works for everybody, but you start to see these commonalities. That can be a great place to look. I know, I know I, I look for that a lot too. Thank you. you know, I, I actually got a new question that popped up before we wrap up. The famous six. Yeah. The famous <laughs> six. Yeah, uh, that's right. World famous six, by the way. The <laughs> six. We just, we, so uh, you mentioned social media. That's a fairly new phenomenon, right? Like in, in, I mean, it's a huge phenomenon, but like it wasn't around when I was growing up. And I know there's been a lot of reports on how that's affected people. You talked about comparison here. And, and I know that that has a big effect on that as well. How has that impacted, um, as you put it, the neurodiverse population? And yeah. Neurodiverse or not, it's trashed attention spans, just trashed them. Yeah. Um, and so here's the research out of a book called Dopamine Nation. But what people don't realize, so so lower than typical amounts of dopamine in your in, in your frontal lobe, and that's where we have these executive function challenges, whether it's an ADHD or something else. But so dopamine, dopamine, everyone has a baseline level level of dopamine. Every time you scroll through social media, you spike it, right? So one of the things I didn't realize until I read that book is what goes up must come down just as far. That's sometimes why we feel like garbage after that or a night out or something like that, right? It's like you're spiking this dopamine, this feel-good drug in your brain, but yeah. then it must come down just as far. So what, so we're seeing these constant spikes with kids or people in general, but then it has to crater eventually. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the research from there is, is you only have so much of that stuff and we're spiking it nonstop. Um, they tie that to, this isn't my um, specialty, but they tie it to anxiety lot of mental health challenges well beyond the comparison stuff that's just simple brain chemistry um, sure. and then you can get into the comparisons and all that. interesting all right well again i i think uh not you know I, I love that you refer to adhd as a gift i agree um it, it's amazing and it, it, you you did something with that and and it was, and it kept happening throughout um this recording where you you took everything that was a cha- what others would view as a challenge, and you express such gratitude for it. Like it, you treated it all as a gift, whether it was, 
you know, how you, you know, your, your experience once you got to college or how you grew up or all of that. And, and I really like that. And that's the kind of mindset that we like to, um, you know, express uh, in our show to our listeners. So thank you. Thank you for. No, yeah, thank you. And, and it's that. both. It's both. It's the gift and the challenge, right? It's double yeah. sword. But, you know, to quote Ryan Holiday and Stoicism, you know, yeah. Obstacles the way, what well, blocks the way becomes the way, right? So, okay. so you, you you can use it as as, as both. Um, I'm not saying my life is not not very challenging because of it. It's not incredibly challenging to parent this kid, but I am saying that we've seen people over and over work themselves to do some pretty incredible things with it. And even if your child didn't have this challenge, well, parenting it's still hard. Yeah. Well said. Thank you very much, Brandon. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for I'm super, super grateful for what you guys are doing. Thanks again. Yeah. Check them All out right. on untapslearning.com. We'll put it in the show notes. Absolutely. We hope you've enjoyed the Wayfinder show. If you got value from this episode, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives. We'll catch you on the next episode.